I'm with Luke Sinclair, who's the boss man of Knightsbridge Estate Agents in Leicester. And we're here to find out his estate agency story, what makes him tick, his downtimes, his uptimes, his trials and tribulations, uh, so you guys can learn a lot from him. Thanks for joining me today, Luke. Pleasure. Right, so you were born in 1981, which makes you the humble age of 41, 42 now. 41, let's go to 41. Okay. Not... Good stuff. Must have had a tough paper out. No, you did. <laughs> um, brought up in Leicester? Uh, started my life off in Oxfordshire. Okay. A little village called Milton under the Witchwood. Okay. And then moved to Leicester in 1988. So seven years roughly in Oxford. Why did your mum and dad move to Leicester? Uh, job relocation. What, what did your dad do? Uh, so he was uh, an engineer uh, for a spray painting uh, manufacturer. So um, what's your dad's name? Um, Paul. Okay. Um, Linda. Okay. So what did your dad teach you as a, as a child? Uh, hard work pays okay. off um, because I always remember... Um, and, and presence as well, I think, is, is another one. So hard work is that if you put the hard work in, then that then it will pay off because I could see that when you look back, the promotions that he had over the years, the company cars, the nice things that they were able to do with us as a family and what they're able to provide for. And your mum? What, what, let's give a shout out to your mum. What's she called? Linda. Okay. Yeah. What did your mum teach you? Um, respect, um, honesty, um, again, hard work, um, yeah. Do you still have your grandparents or? Uh, no. No? Um, no. In, in terms of your four grandparents, which one stood out and in terms of, I know you shouldn't have favourite grandparents, but yeah. the one that taught you the most? My, uh, my mum's mum. Okay, and what did what did she teach you? Well, it was the two. I don't, I don't remember much much of her husband, but I always remember we used to go over to uh, Whitley, um, and we used to go. Uh, it was when smoking was the normal, so we used to go for a pee in a bag, and literally it was a trip to Whitley to go to the public toilets and to have a cigarette outside. Um, so I think it it was more about family values. Okay. Um, and creating those moments and memories for, for whether or not it's you or your children to remember. And again, we're going to come on to talk about your family. Um, are you conscious of that and try and make memories for your kids? Absolutely, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And uh, it, and it is to create those to create those memories. I always remember. Um, I, I used to do a lot of running. Um, at, in around 2012, 2013, I did a lot of half marathons then, um, and I can more, and I still have vivid memories of each of those half marathons. So it's it's those memories that you create, and you can look back and and raise a smile. And did you have any brothers and sisters? And yeah, okay. And uh, how are you the oldest or youngest or somewhere? I'm the eldest. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Then there's Sam, um, who's a couple of years younger, and then there's Sarah. Uh, who works within the business as well. In your business? Yeah, yeah. So it's her birthday tomorrow, 16th of May. Excellent. Happy birthday, Sarah. Right, okay. Um, what's it like having your sister in the business? 
yeah, it's um, it's good. She she doesn't side sides, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So she tends to stay a little bit impartial. She will sometimes give a bit of a reality check, which at the time because she's your sister. Yeah, um, but not vocally. Um, sometimes if you ask for it in an indirect way um when you want to do a, a check at check reality check yourself and sometimes you 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 wince and you don't like what's being said but you take you take it on board yeah it's quite hard to be told especially from you know i know she's your sister but at work she's she's, she's a colleague yeah i i don't think it matters if, if it's a if it's a, co a colleague it's the, when you when you're passionate and you you love doing so, something so much and sometimes your head is always and your heart's taking you down one direction and then for someone to give that reality check that takes you away from that 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 way that your heart's taking you i think that that's that's the thing and and sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong but it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of self-awareness not to, to to be personal about it and you know absolutely yeah yeah where did you learn that from you have to learn to count to 10 lots and lots of times, sometimes counting more than 10 times. Okay, so you were, grow you were the eldest son in a family of three. Your, your dad was hardworking. Your, your mum showed you uh, emotion and empathy and, 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 and everything that goes with that. When you were in secondary school, did you know what job you wanted to be? I had no idea whatsoever. Oh, I think I probably said, oh, I'm going to do what my dad's doing. Okay. Uh, or I'm going to work with computers. Because I know you did a bit. You, you, you're into your tech and your IT. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did you do? Did you leave after GCSEs or did you go do some A levels? No, I did. Stayed on for A levels. Okay. Still no idea what you wanted to do. No, I mean I did religious studies, A level, history, okay. A level, and right. that was the French wars of religion. Okay. So that was quite handy doing a religious studies A level as well because you could do two for the price of one. Um, and. Um, no, because they didn't do IT at that time, at that school, um, in, at A-level. This was before it was more mainstream, and I think it was business studies, that was it. Okay. Business studies A-level. But you, um, was the intention probably just get on the university bandwagon? Yeah, yeah, just follow that path and see where you end up. So you got your A-levels, why didn't you go to university? I did. Oh, right, go on then. Yeah, so went to De Montfort, uh, so did a four-year course in Leicester in uh, business studies why didn't you leave the city didn't want to move away from home didn't did, want to spend the money did you ever go into student accommodation no 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 I um so you didn't get the full student experience I didn't get I didn't wasting get, your money in no I didn't well and, and I got the student experience with wasting money on other things so I ended up spending it on like hi-fi equipment and Okay. Uh, snooker halls and things like that when I should have been in lectures and, and things. What did your degree teach you? Um, if I'm honest, not a lot. It was more what happened um, if we rewind a little bit. So during one of the things my mum and, and dad were keen is that I didn't just spend the summer holidays dossing about. So um, at the time, my dad was working in Banbury, 
in Oxford. So we'd moved up to Leicester to be closer to another place of work and then they ended up to get another job back in Oxfordshire. So, um, so I would go to work in the warehouse there, packing boxes, shipping orders out. This is in the summer holidays? This is in the summer holidays. Um, Did your mum and dad move? No, no. Stayed, stayed in, stayed Cause, in Leicester because the kids were at school. Yeah, parents, yeah. yeah just it is forty-seven miles from door to door, um, and so packing boxes, and then eventually it'd be getting opportunity to go and help at the NEC um, at some of the shows. Just even his help setting it up. So this, it this is during your university. Yeah, course, so between but... sixteen and eighteen, this is also oh, during your A levels. Yeah, yeah, GCSEs and A levels, and probably pre-sixteen as well. And that is what is where you so you you're mixing with different business people um you're understanding systems you're understanding processes you're understanding how a decision made at a higher level has repercussions further on down that's quite insightful for a 16 to 18 year old or was it only now that you're realizing this no 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 you realize it then you realize it then and I always used to have a passion about business because you I'd, as a geek i would by like the business simulation games on on the PC, and you pretend to run your own pretend to run your own business and that kind of thing. Is so, that why you wanted to go to university to do a business studies course? Then it's just I like business, so I'll go and do a business. Now, is that do you like business or you like being an entrepreneur? Because it's almost too. It's more of the entrepreneur aspect. It, when I look now, with hindsight. Quite a lot of entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs because their parents were entrepreneurs, you know, run their own businesses. By the sounds of it, your parents did. So where do you think that came from? Um, I don't know. I mean, my dad's always had quite high up positions in terms of managerial roles and, and, and that kind of thing. So you can argue there's probably there's an element of entrepreneurialism there. This drive. And there's drive, yeah. Um, so... I don't. I, I suppose it's you, you watch the fairy tales of like on the television, and you watch Dragon's Den because it was on then, and uh, you you read about a guy called Richard Branson and how. And, and I suppose I always remember. So my mum used to work at Woolworths in in Oxford, and this was at the time when Richard Branson was work was living on his boat, and he was delivering some of the records into Woolworths himself. This was in the early days. But I think he was late or something like that. And I think she turned around to him and said, you better sharpen up your act if you want to be a success, a success at this or something like that. So, uh, but when you, you and you, I, I'd listened to Duncan Bannatyne's books and, and, and things and thought, right, no, this is, and it's all the other bits that go with it as well. It's not just about making money or being successful. It's then what you can then do with that. What, what what the money can gives you? Yeah, so for example, charity charity work, um, looking after your uh, colleagues, as and making sure that they are as happy as they can be. So if you look at, I know this is fast forwarding, but you look at James Timpson and the Timpson family and the holiday homes that they have, um, and the charity work that they do. Uh, and and I think Duncan Bannatyne did sim did similar things. Again, he he's done various bits of char charity work and how he kind of looked after key personnel when they were going through challenging times. So it's not it's not necessarily about making the money. It, it's what you can do. Yeah, it's the, with... jo it's, it's the journey that okay. you're going on to okay. it and what 
what are the other great things that mean more than the money's great because it allows you to survive but it's what you can what you can do with it that can make a bigger now i know we're going to get to this but you you you're almost guilty of working too hard or you were up until recently yeah yeah how how do you how do you square the fact that you want to be successful to help your team if you're not helping yourself um a lot of the time you have to learn it the hard way and you end up getting to a point where something has to give and the team weren't going to give and and I had to give. Um, well, let's have a chat about that a little bit later. You became a, a weekend um, negotiator yeah. for Spencer's by the looks of the dates. That's whilst you were still at university. Yes, I think I did university 2000 to 2004. Um, I was bred in Cake Boy. That wasn't on my LinkedIn profile. So I was bred in Cake Boy at Sainsbury's before that. Lovely. Uh, and I had the goal. What, that, putting the putting the donuts all in the out of the boxes. Yeah, the cake in the right order, uh, the cakes and the bread in the right order, and and things and stock rotation. And was that just to earn a few pounds so you could go down the snook hall then? It, it worked so well. It was to help, so I didn't have to take out as much student loan because uh, I only ever took out one year's worth of student loan. Um, it was um, to, to kind of pay for that, but then half of what I earned, um, I um, or my mum made me put it uh, away for savings. So if I earn eight hundred pounds a month, I tell her I only earn six hundred. <laughs> does she know that? No, she knows that. I'm sure she probably does. I'm sure she probably does deep down. Uh, but I always had this goal, and I, I thought. Right, I'm going to earn, I'm going to come out with a thousand pounds. I'm going to come out with a thousand pounds in the summer. And the amount of hours then I had to work to come out and you get to, yes, done it. And then it's like, what's the next challenge? But weekend boys, what I went on to next. And that was again, mum and dad. What they said, they, they saw I was working at Sainsbury's and they said, oh, St. Uh, Wigston Spencer's have got a, a weekend job going. Why don't you go and apply for that? So I went and applied for that, and a couple of weeks later, I ended up working there as the Sainsbury's. You were there for, for, for no more than a year, and then you yeah. went to work for Knightsbridge while still at university. Yep, that so, um, so, and that was full time. That was in while still being at university. Yeah, so university lectures were sixteen hours a week. So around those sixteen hours, I went out from I left work. So if it was a ten o'clock lecture. I go in first thing, leave about quarter to 20 to 10, go and do my hour lecture, come back just after 11 o'clock, not have a lunch. Um, so I do that throughout, do that throughout the week. So I work full time from, um, and I generally work full time throughout the whole of my university time as well. Do you think, I mean, obviously from where you are now, but do you think that was a wise decision to make at the time? Yeah. Why? You don't see many students having a, a full-time job. Because I don't think I would be where I wanted to get to in the time that I did it. And was it, this wasn't because of the money? Uh, part of it was the money to survive, yeah, because uh, I had a young family. So um, you had a young family whilst at university? Yes, yeah, so I, I had two stepdaughters. Right, okay then. Two stepdaughters. So, how old, so you met your partner? Yep. Okay, two stepdaughters. Yeah, and then you had a son, didn't you? Had a son in two thousand and four. Yeah, so 
pre-2004 had the two stepdaughters and and we obviously had rent and, and things to pay and uh, in 2002 is when i bought the first How, house while still at university yeah that's that's quite a an interesting mix isn't it yeah <laughs> a student yeah in a relationship yeah with two stepdaughters yeah. a, a son that's about to come and buying a house yeah yeah wow yeah september 2020 uh, september 2002 So you did need the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did having two stepdaughters, let's, what, what, let's have a quick shout out to them now. Yeah. So Christy and Bethany. Yeah. Okay. So you're still their stepdad really, aren't yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. Um, and you had a son as well. When, when did you have the son? 2004. Jack 2004. So that's Jack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he'd be what? 18 now? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I've seen you post him on social media. He looks a nice lad. Um, having a family so young, what did that teach you? With hindsight, creating memories and moments uh, when you've when you've got your own when you've got your own family, um, and you when you think you haven't got a lot of time, you actually have got a lot of time. Because anyone knows, if you have you have children, all of a sudden you've got to magically conjure up a few more hours in the day, and you manage it. It's like who who are probably the best organisers in the world? Lots of mums out there. Yeah, too right. Um, so straight out of university, it was almost natural that you w went full time because you already were full time. Yeah, already was. Yeah. Did the university course actually? teach you anything that you didn't know because i know you are naturally a hungry person you know you love your podcast you love your books no i wouldn't say so and that's not because it was a bad course i i was probably just more engrossed with the uh, real, job, life. Re real life real business i say real business and learning you're already full-time it almost you did the university got you got your certificate yeah Almost irrelevant, yeah. Because you just went and. Um, what did you love about? Did, were you still in sales? Was it sales or lettings at this time? Uh, so it was sales in two thousand and four. Okay, yeah. but then you became lettings manager in two thousand and five. Yeah, the June I think it was of two thousand and five. Off the top of my head, um, completely completely accidental. However, that was. Best way to describe it is if you're a racing car driver and you see an opening to overtake your the person in front of you. That was that was the that was how I, what I saw in order to, to get ahead. That was going to be my next step. It's quite rare for an estate agent to want to become a letting agent, and normally you would never let a valuer. I know you were you valuing it that no, time. No, 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 no right. Okay, no. so you were neg. You were just, ne neg just a probably a crap neg at the time. Okay. But you saw this as an opportunity, yeah, yeah, to, to get ahead because yeah. you were with that hunger. Yeah. Well, I'd seen we we had a lettings book. It was I don't know. Let's say it was six sixty odd properties. I think it was at the time. Um, and the guy doing it had just made a really nice guy, but made a really bad job of it. Just basic things, not calling people back, over promising, under delivering. Um, and I just I thought this this isn't rocket science this this is just basic this is just basic stuff but tell you what what i'll do is i'll i'll say that why don't i look after it while she sorts something out 
I'll make, and then this is me talking to my voice in my head, as I'm sure most people have a couple of voices in their head. I'm going to make a absolutely storming go of this. So they'll actually turn around and offer me the job. And then three months later, I think it was, they said, actually, do you want to carry, carry it on? Uplifting pay? Yeah, but my biggest focus was the car then, is what car can I get? What did you get? Because I didn't have a company car, and it's like, okay, I want a company car. And at the time, um, the previous guy had a Nissan Almira. I said, I'm not having that. I said, I'm not having that. I said, I've proved to you that I've, I've managed to sort it out. Um, so I want this. So I went for Hyundai Tucson in silver, petrol, CDX. All toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a Beamer or an M3 or something. No, no. Well, it was practical because had... my ambition was to own a caravan, so it was to then tow a caravan. You you want a caravan? You yeah. have to almost stop the conversation now, <laughs> towing your bloody toilet. A touring you, you, caravan. So really, you were you were a, a an average bloke, 2.4 kids, <laughs> with... With a, not a Sierra, yeah. but just you just wanted a caravan. That was your at twenty four. You were old before your time, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. Why did you want a caravan to tow your toilet? <laughs> Is that what you want? Have you got a caravan now? By the way, no, I've no, not got no, not got a caravan. Did you ever buy a caravan? By the way, yeah, yeah, I've had okay. uh, one, two, three caravans. Okay, then we might, this might change yeah. our friendship slightly. <laughs> 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 I'm running for your name as long as you don't drive one. Um, that's right, right. So. You became a lettings manager. What did you love about lettings? Um, I, it was the relationships. It was the relationships with the tenants. Um, and it was the relationships with the landlords and even with, and even with the contractors. It, 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 it was just the whole, it was just the whole package in that, um, I always remember my first letter that came in saying how great the service was compared to the previous guy um named a guy called adam uh lived on montague road in clannan park and he um and it, and it, all it was was over a, um, a damaged stair tread and yet he felt compelled to write a letter to praise how good the service was but we weren't doing it was, we were just returning phone calls we were just doing what we said and it's like well if we do this and we make people happy this is do easy you- do you, did you find, because again, most estate agents don't make great letting agents. Do you think intrinsically in your heart, you are a letting agent that does estate agency or an estate agent that does lettings? Um, at if, the time. At the time, um, a, letting, a letting agent. You've got the passion from lettings. Because normally... Yeah. But again, most letting agents, don't, most, not all, most letting agents don't have that drive to where you are now. Mm. You could have just yeah, been there. Yeah, it, it has switched as um, we'll go on that journey. It has switched a couple of times. You know, just, just 2.4 kids, Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and, and, and a caravan, Tangermouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we went, the first caravan trip we ever went on was to Loughborough, a farmer's field in Loughborough. Okay. If you want to tell <laughs> you, to, yeah. And Sorry. then it was Sunny Honey. Okay. <laughs> Oh, well, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, it's great there. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, no, those those relationships you have with contractor, because it just runs so smoothly. And it and that's where the wheels come off, is that 
when you don't look after the tenants or you don't look after your contractors or you don't give the landlord the, the, the right service and you're at, the, at, you're at the end of the phone. When you've got landlords that work for other well-known uh, agencies that are quite high up to say the service is superb, and but you don't look at it as so you just look at it as as serving the customer. On the back of that service, did you grow your lettings book? Yeah. So, so I think by the end of that year, we so from memory, I think we went into lettings in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, and I think there were around sixty two properties then. By the end of two thousand and five, we were over a hundred. And you were lettings manager until 2013? Yeah. How many How many had you got to till 2013? 450. That's impressive, mate. Yeah, yeah. So during those years, I mean, obviously we had the credit crunch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're still an employee at that time. Yeah. Um, what, what did you learn in those years as being a lettings manager? I mean, you were there for nearly eight years as lettings manager. You were now in your... Late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Do you still? Do you, could you have seen yourself? Where, where did you see yourself at that time? Um, so my ultimate aim, my ultimate vision. As soon as I got that kind of hunger, that the lettings. Once I saw right, I can do this on lettings. I've seen that opening. I've overtaken that that kind of front. Um, it's right. I'm now going to own a piece of this. Did. Um... And I never shared that with it. That was always, I, was say, I never shared that with anyone. What Not beforehand. I've shared it with people since after it happened. Um, but I've never shared, I never shared it with any, and that was always my drive. So even when it was like, oh, I feel tired. No, come on, keep going. This is the, and you have that voice in your head. This is why you're doing this. This is because you're going to own a piece of this one day. But you didn't tell Aaron or, or, or Simon that? No, or my partner. See, I have lots of these conversations that go on in my head all the time. That drive, that must have been quite hard work. Yeah, it, it is, but you take inspiration from from either reading. Again, this all comes back to you take inspiration from whether or not it's an audio book by Richard Branson or if it's Duncan Bannatyne or if it's Paul McGee or... I mean, if you don't mind me saying, for someone in their late 20s, you were playing the long game, which is quite a rare trait in 20-year-olds. Um, yeah, yeah. And where did that, where did that playing, the, playing the long game come from? Because, um, you know, I bang on about it all the time. To, you know, the shortcut is the long game. Yeah, you I were playing the long game. Yeah, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't think I necessarily set out at the beginning to think, I'm playing the long game here, but this is because there's a certain if you don't mind me saying there's a certain level of maturity here yeah. as a as a someone in their twenty twenty five to thirty yeah you know you you had a two step daughters and you had a son yeah I suppose a lot of it is just I want to be able to give I wanted to be able to give a better quality of life to me and the family and the family at the time I suppose that that was. I want them to be able to have the nice things like your father did. Yeah. Then the the the, uh, the stool got kicked underneath of you in 2013. Yeah, it's a bit shit. What happened? Um, so 
I got told um, in the November of 2012, just on the f just on the fly, and this is literally how it kind of happened. So I'd built the lettings up, and it was a bit like my this was like my my, my baby and out with the 400 odd landlords, knew all the landlords, kept in contact with them, serviced them. Uh, same with the tenants. I was very heavily involved, did periodic inspections. So it's very much part, part, part of me. So your babies? Yeah. Um, and then in the uh, bonfire party in November 2012, just as a casual comment by um, Aaron, who was one of the directors at the time, um, oh, we're, um, we're selling the, the lettings business. Um, and then it took from then until the 28th of Feb for the deal to go through selling it to Countrywide. What were your first thoughts? Uh, to cry. And I did, massively. Because it was like, and people talk about it, about how someone's taken a big chunk of you and pulled it out. Um, yeah, a lot of upset, hurt, um, anger, frustration. Um, still upsets me now, but time's gone on, so I'm not. What did your other half say when you told her? Um, I don't think she really got it. Because... I suppose one of the criticisms of me at the time was that I've just worked too much and worked too hard. And why are, you, why are you doing this for someone else? Was she encouraging you to step away and go elsewhere? No, no. Or didn't necessarily really care that much. Humbly, nicely, you can't expect her to care because it's your baby. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. And and did, didn't really get get it um, and and understand that, which is fine. That must have hurt as well, though, slightly. No. Uh, but then it's not her baby, is it? So? No, correct. And and it, it's, I suppose it's like your passion is, um, let's say one of your passions is your, your ale drinking or whatever. I've got no interest in ale oh, drinking whatsoever. Collect, collecting antique medals. There yeah, they are. And, and, it's, and it, for me to understand that, and yet you're probably trying to, yeah, but surely they're really they're great. This metal, it's really antique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, to me, it's a piece of metal. Yeah. Um, and I suppose. It's, did, I mean, did you have any other hobbies at the time, or was your hobby work? Um, hobby was work, but yeah. Um, so obviously we had the caravan. I'm trying to remember if we still had a caravan then. I think we did. Um, we, uh, played a little bit of golf, but no, nothing, nothing too seriously. Bit of gardening. Uh, I do I do like gardening um, and trains. So I had a train set that goes around the garden, and I still have a train set that goes around the garden. So invested a lot of time in that. There's still a YouTube video of it going around the garden. I strapped a camcorder to the train. This was before phones and everything. Camcorder going around the garden. So did did Jack like the, the train going around the garden? Oh yeah, yeah. But Jack grew up with uh, with my dad because he's into his trains as well. Thomas the Tank and all of that. So. Did you ever have an indoor train track? Or was it more the outdoor one? That no, um, with Jack, no, we always had an outdoor one. 
I know you've got one at the moment and you've new yeah. one, haven't you? Yeah. And you go, I wonder where the tra train geekiness came from. <laughs> Nothing wrong with train geekiness. <laughs> right, okay. So how did you, after the initial shock and the anger, mm. how did you pull yourself around? I didn't for a long time. It was still eating away at me. How long was it eating? But I was very resentful for a long time. So you weren't expected to go with the properties, were you? Um, no, because I was too expensive. Right. So that my understanding is that a comment came back from Countrywide was that I was too expensive. Everyone else did. That was part of the letting team, but I was the only person that wasn't part of the deal. So when did you realise that you weren't moving with the properties? Um, I think very early on. I think I got told very early on. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not moving with the properties then. So what did Aaron and what Simon say to you then? Did they, did they have that chat with you? Um, I can't remember. That bit I can't remember. I, I don't believe... I would certainly feel it wasn't handled in the right way. Did you fear for your job? Yep. It's like, okay, there's no lettings. What am I going to do? So and did you actually like, have that chat with them saying, what am I going to do? Um, no, I don't think I did. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to kind of show that negative side or that like poker face, isn't it? So you don't want to reveal your... You, you thought you didn't want to rattle the cage. You just no. Thought, no. So you just carried I on. I thought, well, worst case is they're going, if they don't want me, they'll have to just pay me to go because I've been there long enough. Did you learn... I know you've not sold your own lettings, board, yeah. but did you learn anything from that mishandling by Aaron and Simon? And this is nothing personal because Aaron's still a business Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Aaron to bits. I love, I love okay. Aaron to do bits. You, do, so. you think you've, do you think you've learned... Did you learn anything from that? That, that made you a better person with the way you deal with people? Yeah, I've just, you just got to try and treat people like they're a human being and try and speak to them as soon as you, as soon as you can. Um, at the end, of, most people have still got two ears, two eyes and, and one mouth. And, and it's, but also I suppose, again, later on, you have got to distance this kind of friendship and business relationship as well. Okay, so I know Simon. Simon's not in the business anymore yeah. because he, he um, you, you bought him out. Aaron's still in the business as almost as like a silent partner. Yeah. How did you? I'm going to jump ahead now slightly. Mm. How did you turn what could have been a toxic relationship into you basically? Becoming a because turning it toxic wasn't going to achieve anything, was it? But plenty of people would have gone down that. I know, point. but what would it have? But the way is that you then got to look at okay, in six months' time, what would that have achieved? Nothing, and you probably would have made an because a lot of people, yeah, 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 I'm going to yeah. show them, fuck them, yeah. all that. Yeah, uh, I suppose maybe if it had been now, perhaps different. I don't know, but at, at the time it is. And I always have this conversation before I try to say something in my, in my head is that, okay, how well is that going to be received? And would I want, once it's said, I can't take it back. Again, you're showing a lot of maturity for someone who is 
quite frankly, in their late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. You know, you've made Aaron and Simon a chunk of money. Mm. Um, and then they basically took that, ba you know, they cashed their chips in a bit. Yeah. But, but you were mature enough to yeah. say, right. So when did, the, when did it come to the pass that you basically said to them, right, what we're going to do? I want to be, I want in. Yeah, well, that's when I thought, right, okay, so what, what's, my next, what's my next stance? I could go off and get another job elsewhere, and I did look at those options, and I got offered a, a nice option, uh, being a, group's letting, a group lettings controller. Oh, that sounded good. Yeah. Wow. I suppose the equivalent now is lettings director, isn't it? Um, so, um, but um, if only location, location existed then. I do love them guys. I do too. Very good, very good company. But um, no, so I got, um, and that was for, they're not in existence at Harrison Murray. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you then got bought out by the Nottingham. Who got bought out by Belvoir. Yeah. There you go. Well, they sold off their property yes, vision, didn't they? Because it was banks and estate agencies trying to reinvent the wheel again. Doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> Who would have thought, eh? Yeah. Right, okay. So, um, yes. so I, I said, I said, um, I said, right, okay. I said, well, um, you got these two offices here, um, meaning Obi and Wigston, and they weren't really making a lot of money at the time. I want those offices to run and look after and manage, and I'll value for one of them, and I'll manage you. So that's what I did. Well, what, what were Aaron and Simon going to do then? Well, Aaron was a valuer or a lister for Clan Park, and Simon, uh, I can't remember what he did at the time. I think he was based at Clan Park. To be fair, but that um, the I suppose it's a bit like what ha what happens when you expand. So you have one branch, and then you open another branch, and one of the branches gets neglected, doesn't it? Yes. Um, and then they open another branch, and two branches get neglected, and the one that is always so you basically left them at Clarendon Park, yeah, the pair of them, and said, right, give me if open Wigston, yeah. What and basically said if you don't and did you say at the time I want in an in equity in the business no, as well? No, 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 no. There's no, no conversation around that at that time. So this is but, that was still, but that was still in my head. That still hadn't gone. Right. So in 2005, you said sorry. 2013. In 2013, you March. said right. Give me these branches, and I'll sort them out for you. Yeah. What did they say? Yeah. I bet they were chuffed a bit, weren't they? Because they. It's the classic people opening up the second and third branches, yeah. and, and they never do as well. Unless yeah. you move, were any of the equity partners permanently in either of the two? Then no. There you go. Classic, classic yeah. mistake that a lot of people make. Yeah. How did that go? Yeah, it went well. It went well. Um, we had colleagues that weren't. Uh, again, Julian Adele talks about this: is that when your your business is trying to go forward, you're on a bus journey or a train journey, and people are going to hop and hop off the bus and it's fine for people to hop off the bus and it's better that they go to a better place and some and some people and some people did and there were some really crucial conversations that needed to be had around wage structures and commission structures because it was just an economical for when you were lettings manager how many people were you responsible for uh six probably and where did you learn your management skills through the books and the through, yeah through the books uh i used to love watching um undercover boss yeah um and you can learn you can learn things from that 
Back to the Floor. There used to be a pre program on BBC called Back to the Floor. My favourite one was when they went to the Reliant Robin factory. Because if you don't mind me saying, you, your management style is, and I know we're going to do a separate video on yeah. this, is more leadership than management in yeah. terms of you. they work for you, not you work for them. Yeah. Um, do you think you were a good uh, leader manager at the time? Yeah. And how did the businesses go at Wigston and Obi? They went. They went in the right direction. They we we managed to start turning them around, and okay. we were making we were making more money. More money than Clarendon Park. No, but Clarendon Park is in a big area, isn't it? And that, that's the flagship brand. Yeah, but they were you. They were wiping their faces. Yeah. So, when did the subject of you actually coming in onto the business arrive? Come up. Uh, it would have been twenty fourteen, right? Um, and I. I can't remember how it came about now, but it was like, okay. So the, by this time, the, you, the, you turned around two branches. Had you turned around the two branches by now? Yeah. So basically, these two orphan branches that were just kind of, in hindsight, they probably wouldn't have opened in hindsight, but everyone agent does that. Yeah. Got you. You basically said, "I want those. Give me, give me the reins." Yeah. Were you enjoy? Did you enjoy that first year? Yeah. 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 What? Um, yeah, so let's go, let's go down that rabbit hole. When did the subject of I want in? Because that was that voice that was always in your head. It would have been late 2014. Right. Um, early 2015. And I think it was more around, um, obviously, the challenges that all businesses were under at the time is that dealing with staff problems, dealing with this, dealing with that. And I think Simon and, Simon and Aaron at the time just wanted to just, be an estate agent. They didn't want the the hassle that comes with staff. They didn't want the hassle that comes with when someone calls in sick and um they just wanted to go out selling houses. Yeah. Yeah, negging houses, selling houses, progressing them, um, that that kind of thing. What do you do? Just sit down with them and say, Yeah, I want a, I want a piece of the action. How did they take that? Um didn't they knew it were coming? No. No, uh, Aaron, yes, um, Simon, probably not. Um, but um, it was it, it was so, something that needed to be done in order to take the company to take the company forward. Otherwise, I think I if nothing had happened, then I would have definitely have left the company. Then did they give you some equity straight away? Yeah. So at least they didn't bullshit you and. No, and so, say if you work hard, no, you've so, already proved it. No, to, to, no, and to be fair, it was it was right. Okay, fine. Well, we're all a third now. Well, you'd sold the lettings book, so really, the you know the true value of a, of a business is the lettings book. The book yeah. is a sold out Figo's. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Did it change you owning part of the business? No, it's almost irrelevant. No, it was just more for my own peace of mind and security. Um, and re and realizing realizing that dream. You took did did you take control of 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 um, Clarendon Park at this point? Uh, the company in general, yeah. Not very long after. Not very long after it was. So it was company. a third, third, third. But yeah. basically, you always need a leader. Like managing type. You became the managing partner. Yeah, yeah. That was quite early on, wasn't it? Or do you just think it was more relief from Aaron and Simon that they just didn't want to do it? 
they just want like we said they just wanted to do estate agents they they wanted to book viewings they wanted to go out and value houses as long as they got paid and the money was coming in then they then they were happy they didn't want to have to deal with the accounts they didn't have to put invoices into sage at the time and uh, and and stuff like that but it didn't change you no but it certainly meant that you got to where you wanted to get yeah did you then subsequently then what was your next goal 2015 it, the turnover was just over 600,000 so the next goal was a million turnover when did you hit that uh no sorry tell a like 2013 the turnover was six and then uh we realized the million turnover in 2016 that's really good yeah really good so 2015 you were boss man and you that's when you met your new partner stacy yeah who worked for you she did yeah first time though she turned me down in terms of a job so i tried to recruit her first of all but she ended up staying for a bit more money at William H. Brown. Okay. Because she's, she's ex-Halifax, isn't she? Yeah. I used to work I've yeah. not in the same office, yeah. but I can remember. Yeah, I think she went from Halifax to Brown's and then on to us. And then you then you managed to poach her? Yeah. How long before you asked her out? 2016, yeah, 2016. Good for you. I think we were living together very quickly. There you go. <laughs> you don't hang about, do you? And... <laughs> <laughs> um, what does Stacy bring to the party? Um, what does she do for you? A lot. Okay. Care to expand? Um, so, different in the early days, because uh, obviously we'd only just got together. So, um, so again, she probably thought I was mad with hours that I worked and, and that kind of thing. But at least she knew she was involved in yeah, the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she knew what she knew what she was getting herself into. Um, but yeah, she gives, she gave me a lot, a lot of support. Um, she does a lot of work behind the scenes. She, um, takes, and at this moment in time, she takes a lot of shit off my plate, uh, pardon my French, um, uh, as, as does Kirsty. Um, and she, uh, if she wasn't around, I don't, Think I'd still be involved in agents. I would have just walked away. When do you think you would have walked away? Because you were you'd only just become an equity partner in the business. Yeah, so that I probably would have walked away. Twenty twenty one, twenty two. So last couple last couple of years. Um, Why would you walked away? Um, just had enough. Kind of been there, done it, built a big firm, got a bit bored of it. No, not 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 get just sometimes things just grind you. We'd had COVID, so I think that tested a lot of business owners, didn't it? And the, the stress and the hassle that that brought. Um, and sometimes it only takes a few things, whether or not you have staff leave or um, a few a few bad months or, or whatever, whatever it is. Um, uh, and you just think, oh, perhaps I don't want this. Ha perhaps I don't want this stress and this hassle anymore. Um, but Stacy puts a better perspective, better perspective on it, and and the fact that we share the work, we share the workload, we share how all do of you, that now. 
how do you sh how do you switch off from being work husband and wife to to home husband and wife? Oh, she does it a lot easier than I do. Yeah, I'm still chewing on it a lot, a lot in a lot into the evening and, and things, and she can switch off. Like does my head in like she she can just go to sleep just like that, and I'm still wide awake think, thinking about things and. Are you allowed to talk about work when you're at home? Yeah, 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 we do. We don't tend to talk about it too much on holiday. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, we do. It's just, we try and, we, I say we try not to. It's harder around the kids because trying to talk about something that's gone on at work and then you've got two, two little ones. So you've got Joshua and Oliver, you yeah. two of four. Yeah. Um, how was having two young kids... In your late thirties, yeah, it's hard. It's drain on the energy. But Meanwhile, running a three-branch operation, yeah. yeah, it's and it's and it's great. Um, it, it's it's lovely, but it is and it is and it is so rewarding. Um, again, trying to create the memories and the moments with them, but um, it is it is it is a drain. It is a drain it, on top on top of everything else. When COVID hit, mm. did that you know those first month when no one we didn't have furlough or anything didn't like that. Didn't have furlough or bounce back or did that did that worry you? Did you think the party was over? Um no, I think I felt quite a bit of a numbness. Cause it's like, okay, uh we no one's ever navigated these waters before. Um so we're just going to have to sit, and things were changing by the hour uh, in the in the early times. In the early times, and and I um, I thought the world was a quite nicer place then, as well. Um, with, with with certain things, I and and the kind of quality time that we spent as a family, we only had Oliver at the time, uh, and things, but and, and what we did, um, but yeah, it was, it, yes, it was it was worrying, but. Ultimately, you think, well, we're not the only ones in this position, and it's not just a state agency. It's your cafe down the road, and it's your um, hairdressers, and it's your beauty. So something will happen. But then very quickly, it started. We're announcing all of it, and then it, it was a big sigh of relief. But um, again, when the when the support came out it wasn't well we'll just bank that money we invested it back into the offices so when they were ready to open we'd had them all repainted with um and some previous colleagues said why are you spending this money on keeping it in the back no because when we're back in the office i want it all nice and clean and i want everyone to be able to come back to work in the in the right environment again i want to create the right environment for everyone we've had this money and i want and i think it's part of what we should be doing is reinvesting it so it pays for Mick the decorator who can then pay his mortgage and who may not have been able to have got the COVID support at the time or whatever else it was um so yeah it was again at that point it it was thinking about the team first so you came back after COVID invested in the business then you bought Simon out yeah, it'd been a conversation going on for a long, long time, but it just never moved anywhere. And this had been going on before COVID. Um, and Simon had 
kind of lost interest in the business and wanted to do other things, which, which is which is fine. How old was Simon at the time, roughly? Oh gosh, uh, fifty what? Fifty. Okay, so not yeah, too old. Fifty, fifty-one. Yeah. But he'd been in the business for how long? Twenty uh, years. Later. Yeah, so pre ninety-eight. So he'd been in probably a good, a good thirty years, maybe. So it got a bit bored. You bought, you you started lettings by then because you'd had like a. Twenty sixteen, we'd gone back into lettings. We'd had the exclusivity with Countrywide of three years. Yeah. Did you manage to track many of the landlords back? Uh, they naturally came back to us. Yeah, we obviously didn't couldn't go out and poach them, but no. they recognised that we were back open. So they. And you've steadily grown your lettings business since. Yeah. What's it like now to have two thirds of the firm in the family? Doesn't. No difference. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is no. It is no difference because we don't. I, I don't look at it that. Oh, all of this we own. We own two thirds of. It's what we what we do each day and how we help people each day. It's. But that doesn't sound like an estate or letting agent that I would normally talk to. Because most estate agents, it's market share. I've got this. This is what I've got. You seem to look at it completely differently. That you're almost there to serve others. Yeah, market share. Market share is good, of course and, and it that's, is, and that's nice to give you a good big pat on the back. But, but, but not I, the... I know that when when we grew our lettings book originally, that was we didn't do anything. We didn't do content writing. We didn't have blogs. Um, we didn't do landlords' evenings. We just did it through good, honest service to landlords and and growing it organically that way. And it's like, and if. And it is less vulnerable then to the peaks and troughs of when, like now, you've got a lot of landlords that are, or a lot of inexperienced or older landlords sometimes, but a lot of the inexperienced landlords are getting a bit jittery with, with leaving the market now. Whereas if you're, build, you, you, if you're building it organically, generally you're dealing with the landlords that are more, less vulnerable to, to those little blips and, and they're in it for the long, they are in it for the long game. So... Um, no, again, it's about what what can, what fun can we have today? Now, at the end of twenty two, going into twenty three, you decided to take a step back from the day to day running with let Stacey and Kirsty <clears throat> take control mm. a little bit more. That must have been quite difficult. It was, and it wasn't. I mean, you, you said to me that you've been working stupid hours. That must have been really hard work for you, just to take a step back. Yeah, that that's the bit. In um, I've always loved loved the work, so I'm normally an early riser. Anyone that knows me will know that I'm an early riser. Get up like three or four in the morning, don't you? Yeah, um, but I'd be in bed at. Sometimes I've been in bed at half six at night. Some some days, um, and uh, and going straight to sleep. Um, but it's. I think it just takes. What was it 20 21 22 years of 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 intense of intense work long long slog and it was just a way of i need to not switch off but i need to slow down and take a bit of care for me now but that was stacy telling me that not me and you listened to her not at the very start uh, she had been telling me for a while but eventually yeah what have you done with your time? For the first two weeks, I spent it in bed. So I just slept. Slept an awful lot. Sometimes 16 hours a day, I'd sleep for. 
for the first couple of weeks. Um, then after that, I'd spend quite a bit of time down Frost Park, which is close by to where we live. I'd have breakfast down there, come home, go down for lunch, do a bit of people watching. Maybe pick up Stacy and the boys later and we'll go there and live dinner. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. I'd, and, and there's a group of old boys that would meet at the coffee shop at, every morning and they'd congregate all their tables. So I'd sit there. Just, I'd just, I like people watching. But no, just, you know what, just doing nothing. I literally didn't do, apart from clean the house, which I, I love cleaning. Do you think you'd have burnt out if you didn't do that? Mm. It was almost getting to the point that you you were yeah potentially maybe may past the point of no return but hopefully not but um what were the warning signs that probably other people could spot out for that you realize actually hold on a second i'm just working too hard just your your decision making process is not normal uh were well, you aware of that yeah or, you that's yeah quite a... so, so you'd be erratic with how you'd make the sit with how you'd make decisions and been really really short-tempered at home and emotion emo, emotional is, is another one and i'm not a big emotional emotional person in terms of in terms of crying and things like that but yeah that 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 kind of thing we're filming this in may what has what has those these last five months taught you about where you wanted to go for the future of luke and stacy and the business and knightsbridge it's it's making sure you've got the right team around you. Unfortunately, we we have got the right team around okay. us. Um, I mean, my fear is is that what's gonna what's gonna what's gonna keep you occupied? Because mm. there's uh, only so many times you can go down the old boys' coffee shop. Yeah, 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 uh, ab abs absolutely. So, um, so I do do a few things outside, um, whether or not it's community community bits, um, but slowly. It, it's not that I've completely like switched off and unplugged myself from from the agency, and it'll be slowly bringing me back more into speed. But I've got a good grasp of what's still going on. Has it given you an opportunity to do more of a helicopter view of the business and look at yeah. things that you might have not necessarily spotted because you're at the cold place? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. The classic on the business as opposed yeah, to yeah, and business. sometimes when you you're making decisions for sentimental reasons rather than with your head you letting your so heart actually the, the the fact that you're absolutely knackered and you almost thought shit i need to sort something yeah, out yeah and too. you sometimes just take the easy route you don't want the conflict you don't want the hassle so you just think oh yeah we'll just go with it and now it's no well look we've been down that problem before it's not you're just delaying it you're just putting a you've got a broken leg you, no point putting a plaster on it so you'll ease yourself back in a bit more now yeah at the moment, you've got some great captains that are driving the business forward. Hundred percent. Uh, do you think you'll open more branches, or just get more market share? More market share. I don't. I don't believe we need to open more branches. It's about having the right team and investing in that team, um, and growing that team. Again, some something that again has has helped in the last couple of months. Uh, and I've been aware of it before, but put more importance on it is the autonomy that someone wants in terms of in terms that of their job hard, but that must be really hard work when and i see it all the time a lot of times with, with bosses where letting go over the 
letting go of the levers of power and letting people mm. flourish themselves that's really hard work to let go it is but you you're going to be the one constricting it if you don't this is almost the next lesson isn't it yeah uh, yeah it is but yeah it is you, you it'll only ever be as good as what you want to make it whereas other people are there and they want to and they want to step up do you still think you'll you'll be there in 10 or 20 years time 100 percent and it's just enjoying the journey. You keep you've mentioned this a few yeah, times. Yeah, it's enjoy it's in, it's it's enjoying the journey, and it's about and it's about having fun. And it's enjoying the journey. Do you think estate agents enjoy the journey and have fun? Uh, some do, so, some do. Uh, I think more more could. Um, and uh, again, if we make it, if you make that journey enjoyable, and you make and people can have fun, but still do the right job then again you, you only got to look at the likes of someone like location location and the what what they have what they have there or paramount was with spencer there um you look at some of the australian agencies as well um but then that they they should be kind of like your role models to not copy because you don't because you'll only ever be a, a, a copy of them you'll never be better be, you you got to have your own um, identity to it. Luke Sinclair, thank you for your time today. Um, I genuinely believe you're one of the best estate agents in the UK. You offer you. I put you in the same category, and have said so many times, as the likes of of Spencer Lawrence, because you have the two traits of being humble yet hungry. Uh, you've got some fantastic people that work alongside you, and I know the industry think the world of you, and as, as, as I do as well. Thank you for your time today, and I wish you well in your future, keeping it fun and real and enjoying the journey. Thank you. Thank you.